1: there are two kinds of righteousness. One will allow you into heaven while the other won't. We'll find out the differences next on this edition of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Greetings and welcome to today's broadcast of Abounding Grace from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Pastor Gary Wagner returns us to Luke chapter 5 today, verses 27 through 32. We're looking at the righteousness of the Pharisees, and indeed it is a righteousness that's prevalent today in our own society. It's a self righteousness. It is a thinking and a thought process that says, I can get to heaven by my own good works, my own good deeds. Well, Jesus has something to say about all of that. We'll find out what that is today. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner now with this edition of Abounding Grace.
2: Notice what he says in verse 30. They ask him why he is eating with tax collectors and sinners, and Jesus answers and says to them, It is not those who are well that need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now here Jesus is using two adjectives for the sake of argument right out of the Pharisees' own vocabulary. He is referring to the righteous and to the sinners as they saw them. Now Jesus didn't make up this proverb about the doctor. He read it from Jewish literature. It is not those who are well that need a physician, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call on the righteous as you define the righteous, Mr. Pharisee. I came to call on sinners as I define sinners to repentance. Now, what did he mean by this proverb? Remember, he quoted it to justify his presence at this party with the outcast. And this little proverb is absolutely irrefutable. It is causes the Pharisees to become dumb. He simply means it would be ridiculous and evil for a doctor to stay away from his patients who are sick and in need of his attention and his care. What if you were in a hospital with a serious disease and you needed your doctor? Let's say you were on the verge of death and your doctor says... You know, <clears throat> I have something better to do today than to take care of the sick, so simply take a couple of aspirin, get some sleep if you can, and I'll see you in the morning. Is that the mark of a good physician? Have you, have you seen the famous Norman Rockwell painting of the doctor <laughs> bent over and weary and worn out, standing by the bed of a little child who is desperately sick? What does this picture historically capture that we identify with doctors? Compassion. You want a doctor who is concerned with his patients. That you know he has a concern for you and that he has a good bedside manner. You don't want a doctor who has little or no care for your health. And that is what Jesus is saying here. It's not those who are well that need a physician, but those who are sick. It would be evil for a doctor to stay away from his patients when they need him, like the Pharisees did. And he's applying this to himself. He's saying, I am the divine human Savior on a mission from God. And the mission to which God has assigned me is that I visit the world and seek and save the Jews who are lost. Now how can I seek and save those who are lost unless I am with them, unless I come to where they are and identify with their needs? If it is evil for a doctor to stay away from his patients when he needs him, how much more infinitely evil it is for me, the divine human Savior, to stay away from the very people I have come to seek and to save. Just as a doctor, is a physician of the body, he says, I am the physician of the entirety of men's lives. I've come to bring a real cure. I've come to be a doctor of men's souls and hearts and lives and futures and cultures. He's applying this proverb to himself. I am the doctor that loves my patients and I have come to cure them. Now if you think that's just a nice little proverb by a rabbi turn to Exodus 15 26 and the Lord Jesus said and, and the Lord said if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes I will put none of these diseases upon you which I brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that healeth thee. I, Jehovah, in human flesh, am your doctor. The Lord Jesus Christ is saying, in effect, just as it is evil for a doctor to mistreat or ignore his patients, it is even more heinous a crime for me, the Son of God, who is called to seek and to save those who are sick and lost, to mistreat or to ignore them. I must associate with sinners to heal them. I didn't come to call the righteous. I came to call sinners to myself. Of all the various verses in the Bible, I don't know of any that is more comforting to me than these. Do you know that sinners who come to Jesus, recognizing their condition willing to admit that they are not the righteous people they sometimes pretend to be, recognizing that only the Lord Jesus Christ can heal them, have every single reason in the world to believe that Jesus will heal them, and to no reason whatsoever to believe He will not. Now, if you're here today and think yourself to be righteous like the Pharisees, then you have too high an estimation of yourself, my friend. And Jesus will not do a thing for you. Because as he says, he did not come to call the righteous but sinners. Now understand, he was using the Pharisees' meaning of the word righteous here for the moment. Because Jesus doesn't think anyone is righteous. Don't think that Jesus is saying some of you are righteous Pharisees and you're okay and there's nothing you have to do to worry about, Mr. Pharisees. You're okay, I'm okay, everything's okay. I didn't, I didn't come to save you, Mr. Pharisee. You've already taken care. You've already been taken care of because you are a righteous person already. Of course, that's not what he's saying. Let me read to you a couple of verses real quick. Luke 11 You'll see, Jesus doesn't think anyone is righteous. He's just using the pharisaical use of the word to shatter their own position. This is brilliance. Luke eleven thirteen, 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts. He's talking to these Pharisees again, and he says, there's no one that's good. None is good save one, that is God. No one is good. So you see, Jesus isn't saying here that he believes some people are righteous and some people aren't. He's just using their words for the moment, for the sake of his argument, taking into account their own estimation of themselves. And then he says, Okay, you think you're righteous? Well, I didn't come to heal you then. I didn't come to save or call the righteous to repentance I came to cure the and heal the sick the outcast and the sinner. Everyone who is self-complacent and imagine himself to be righteous, spiritually healthy, okay with God will have absolutely no part in the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he and that he brings to his people. He said those who are righteous or claim to be righteous you Have an awful lot of trust in yourself. But you will not be able to stand before the bar of God's judgment. You have absolved yourself. You've justified yourself. You've declared yourself not guilty, but God has done no such thing. And later in Luke, Jesus tells the Pharisees, "You are those who justify yourselves in the sight of man, but God knows your heart. for that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God." Luke 15:16. Do you have a high estimation of yourself? Is there anyone here all caught up in self-love and self-esteem? I ask you to examine yourself. I ask you to speak to your brothers and sisters. Oh, yeah, we're told by the world that we've got to love ourselves. And we've got to have a good self-image. We've got to have pride in ourselves. Yet God says, That which is highly esteemed by men is detestable in the sight of God. Those who think they are righteous, who are happy with the way they are, who think they're basically good, who, who love themselves above others and who are always concerned with raising their own self-esteem, I tell you before God, you're detestable in His eyes. When you res- usurp God's judgment throne and render a verdict for yourself that is favorable You stand condemned before the only judgment throne that there is. But when you look at yourself as detestable, as low, and you cannot condemn yourself too severely, and you cannot criticize yourself too harshly, you cannot think of yourself and your sin too lowly, then you are the sick And Jesus came to heal you. If you see yourself as detestable in God's sight, Jesus will heal you. Because Jesus came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. A physician doesn't come to deal with those who are well. He comes to deal with those who are sick and who know they are sick. Do you see how, what, what Jesus is doing here as he talks like this to these Pharisees and scribes? This is a masterful effort to reach their conscience and their hearts as well as the other sinners and the tax collectors. He's after not only the outcasts at Levi's table, he's also after the Pharisees and the scribes. And he's saying to them, you are the outcasts. You are the rejects. You, you think you're a righteous people? Let me see if I can break your conscience. Let's see if I can drag you down and humiliate you because of your sin. For it is only the broken person and the downcast that I lift up. And it is only the person who falls flat on his face before me in utter humiliation and self-detestation because of their sin that I will lift up and exalt and encourage. Now, beloved, I know that's not a very popular thing for someone to preach today. That's why you hardly ever hear anything like this on the airwaves or on your TV sets from TV evangelists or from your local pulpits. But it is the truth. It's not the well. It's not those who think everything is okay with them. They just need a little help from God, a little hand up. It's not those who are full of self-trust and self-righteousness who the Lord came to bring healing to. It is those who recognize that they are sinners. And this is the important point that I'm coming to. Here you get a glimpse of the method of Jesus evangelism. What does Jesus do when he comes to people and calls them to become his disciples? First of all, he never comforts and assures them in their sins. He never comes to any of these men and says, God loves you. I'm going to die for you, everything's okay, don't worry. It's just time for you to start loving me. Don't even have to give yourself to me in any way. You just sort of ask me into your heart. That's not what he does, beloved. The Lord Jesus Christ comes to the man... And the very first thing he does is convict him of his sin in order to drive him out of his sin to himself. He says, I want you to see that you are sick. You are sicker than you ever thought you were. And the sickest of them all are those who are self-righteous because they are so enslaved to their self-absorption that they can't even perceive my call to righteousness. And as long as these Pharisees or anyone like them believe in salvation by human worth and human merit and human conformity to law with a sense of self-confidence and self-righteousness, they are going to be hardened to any call of repentance And therefore they shall never be healed. I mean, if you think everything is okay with you, why would you come to Jesus? You wouldn't even consider coming to Jesus, because in order to come, you have to admit, I am not what I have been pretending that I am. Now this is a powerful story. And as I said, we will continue this next week. But in summary, I want you to recognize just a couple of things. These Pharisees were indeed strict people when it came to conformity to laws and rules and ethical principles. The Pharisees were not a bunch of men who had abandoned themselves to immorality. They were the most moral, in the eyes of most people, most honored men of their day. They not only concerned themselves with obeying all these ethical rules every moment of the day, but they were zealous at it. They even wanted to continue to study more ethical standards of rabbinic tradition so they could obey more. What can I do to be even stricter in my life? They were strenuously moral people. And and yet the Lord Jesus Christ said concerning all their efforts to living morally in this world, I do not recognize your righteousness as sufficient. He said to his disciples, Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you can't even enter the kingdom of God. All of their efforts to living strictly in accordance with the ethical principles Jesus said, in effect, by his statement in Matthew 5.20, has gotten them nowhere. Instead of getting them closer to God and making them genuinely godly people, it has hardened them in their self-pride and their self-love. It has driven them deeper into immorality and rebellion against God. And he says, my disciples will be distinguished by lives of godly living that exceeds the strict concern for moral, at least external purity of the scribes and the Pharisees. And you know, Jesus got this idea from the Old Testament, where Jehovah said, all of your righteousness is as filthy rags. If you're trying to do good things strictly in order to make points with me, It only counts as filthy rags in my sight. If you are banking on your acceptance with God because of something good in you, it is totally insufficient. It will count for nothing before our great God. In fact, all of this drive to make points with God, bringing our lives into external conformity to rules and regulations is not only insufficient, it is a dangerous delusion. You can delude yourself into thinking that you are something and you can be exactly the opposite. You can actually delude yourself into thinking that you're basically a good person when in your heart... You are a decaying corpse. You can go to sleep at night convince you're really something and be exactly the opposite. All of the concerns of the Pharisees for righteousness was not only insufficient, it was diluted. They were so diluted in their ways, they no longer even understood what real righteousness was. They were anything but what they confessed. Good people. In fact, they were evil in the sight of God. Jesus said, That which shall distinguish my disciples from the Pharisees is not just the way of their their life, but their heart condition. Because although the Pharisees were sticklers for details... He said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. It's a heart condition, beloved. Does your righteousness exceed the unbelievable moral strictness of the Pharisees? You sit there and you say, how is that possible? By forgetting about human tradition. By forgetting about scribal ethics, those laws added to the word of God, like no smoking and no drinking and no dancing and no association with sinners. And by surrendering yourself to the will of Christ alone. So he and he alone becomes the Lord of your consciousness. You obey His Word and His Word alone as the governing, regulative principle of your life out of love and gratitude for Him as your Lord and your Savior, not to make points with Him. Don't delude yourself. Don't think you're something when you are the opposite. And then lastly, understand that the great lesson we learn is that salvation is only extended to those who are made to realize by God's grace that they are in need of it. Salvation is utterly impossible as long as a man thinks. It is his responsibility to save himself through righteous living. So if you are here today and you don't want anything about you to change... You know your life's not perfect, but you think it's basically good and you're happy with it. Nothing will change and you'll go to hell perfectly satisfied with yourself. But if you're here today and you detest yourself, because of your despicable sinfulness, and you are broken because of it, and you recognize, I am not righteous, I am a sinner, I am not well, I am sick, then the Lord Jesus Christ will heal you, and He will make you whole, changing everything about your wretched life. Jesus said, Doctor does not come to heal the well, but the sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Repent of your sin now, my friend. And come to Jesus, surrendering your will, your all to his. And he will, he will transform your entire life. He He will set you free from your sin. He will purify you and he will make you whole. He will cure you of your diseased heart. And for an eternity, He will protect you from the spiritual diseases that are always threatening.
1: Eight six six five six zero seven is our phone number, 408 866 You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, Post Mailbox, 402